All right. Hey, it's Saturday afternoon. So it's time for Local Fidelity. I'm Tom Gallon. I'm here with the great Fox Ann. She just released her awesome new album. It's real, parentheses, I knew it. Love a good parentheses <laughs> in right? the title. I'm like, so debut LP, let's go complicated. No, let's keep it. Parentheses <laughs> don't complicate things. They make it better. Agreed. They make it better. So how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you know, as good as anyone can be in a pandemic in the middle of the winter, but totally good. Yeah. Just working, working on some new songs, kind of reeling after releasing the record and figuring out what's next. Yeah. So tell me, you put out this record about a month-ish ago, and a lot of artists that have recently released albums, EPs, whatever, had them finished a while ago, and then were kind of figuring out what to do throughout 2020, and then ultimately decided to release them. So is this something that you had completed going into the pandemic, and then you're kind of in that situation where you're trying to figure out what to do with it? Kind of, yeah. We we finished all of the recording pretty much like early 2020 when the pandemic was really just starting, um, which was lucky for recording purposes. So for the first few months, the pandemic, you know, we were like remotely mixing, mastering, and it was like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe things will get back to more normal and we'll be able to kind of do things the normal way, but that was not the case. So yeah, it was, it was kind of like, I, I finished it many months before it, uh, it ever saw the light of day. Um, if it weren't for the pandemic, I think the release may have looked a little different, but no complaints here. Yeah, cool. So another thing that I like to ask artists that have basically written and recorded the music and finished it a while ago is now listening to it. Does it represent like a different part of your life? What do you what comes to mind when you listen to it and think about the songs on the record? I think like it. Because when you're making a record, you're listening to your takes and, and your mixes and the versions of the songs so many times that, you know, even if I'd released it two days after after we actually completed it, I think I still would have been like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm so over this. I'm already on to the next thing. So, yeah, certainly like, you know, nine months after recording, releasing it. I mean, I already had a new batch of songs that I was like, man, I wish I could release these songs. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's just. You, you can never put your music out as fast as you can create it. So it'll always be like a slightly more past version of yourself. But I, I think I, I still stand by it. I think it's still it's still Foxanne. It still rules. <laughs> totally. But it's always interesting to <laughs> hear the you. artist's perspective on it, because when you have to work and be amongst those songs for so long and then it's so far in the past, it's always cool to hear their perspective. It's like by the time you're releasing it, you're sick of the songs. Everyone's like, oh, man, I like the song. And I'm like, I wouldn't listen to that song if you paid me. <laughs> so it was your first release in about three years, the follow up to your yeah. uh, EP that you put out in 2018. How long did you spend working on the songs on the record? It's it's a long record. It's not a 10 song LP. I think there's like 13 or, or 14 songs on it, right? Yeah, there's 13 on there, and I had 
well over 20 written um, for it. So it was a lot of narrowing down and, you know, kind of trying to actually be real with myself about what was good and what wasn't. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it was probably like maybe a year to two years of like really writing and developing the songs. Um, though, though it's funny, some of the songs were like years in development and then others didn't fully form until I was really in the studio. So it's, it's definitely a mix. Cool. Now, did you do anything differently when comparing this process of putting together an LP as compared with uh, the EP you put out a couple of years ago? Oh yeah. Um, I mean with the EP, it's not that I didn't know what I was doing, but I was pretty early on in my at least like releasing kind of as an artist and and so with this LP I think I had a lot more confidence as a musician as a, and as a songwriter and I was really also really comfortable in the space that I was recording and the studio that I was in I was very comfortable and very like I didn't you know feel any pressure to change the songs in any way so I I felt like I was really able to have them develop and sound how I intended them to sound which just you know it's really it, it, it should be easy, but it's tough oh, to get absolutely. to that place. Yeah, totally. So I read that also this was formerly a more collaborative process, this project with your band members, uh, Mike Harris and Andrew, or it kind of transitioned to a solo project at some point. No, I saw yeah, that somewhere. That's, that's not, not true. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I read that and I was um, like, but it says Fox yeah. so... Thanks for clearing there, that up. <laughs> no, I, I've always been the sole songwriter of my music, um, sole collaborator. Um, Mike Harris, he played he played synth and bass with me for a while. We're friends. Um, but it's always kind of just been my music. And, and over the years, sometimes friends come in and play with me for some time. And then they move or things happen. And, you know, that's just all that was. <laughs> cool. Well, there's some false information out there. <laughs> Somebody, Man, I don't know who drama. wrote that. Drama in the Fox Oh my sphere. goodness. Oh my <laughs> goodness. But, well, everyone, that's cleared up now. So, you're also a staff writer for Space.com, the subject of space. Recently promoted to oh, senior Oh, hell writer. yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> that's amazing. Sorry, had to, uh, had to toot that's my own cool. horn for a sec. So, you have this... <laughs> really strong interest in space and the universe and it works its way into your music as well when did you become really interested in space and things like that and how do you find it bleeding into uh your creative side musically definitely so i mean i've always been into space and science um my degree all of my formal training is in science i don't have any music degrees don't have any writing degrees either. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, all, all of my schooling has surrounded science. And I've always just loved the the curiosity aspect of it, the asking weird questions and looking for answers aspect of space and science. And, um, and it's just kind of led me into this interesting day job, so to speak. And so um, kind of over the years, people have asked like, oh, look, you should write about what you write about for work. And it's like, you know, I've tried that and sometimes I tried to kind of write about space and my music intentionally, but I really want to kind of let it organically make its way into it, which it has, you know, with this record and and continuing on. Um, Because I never want to like force it and be like, I'm going to write a song about atoms. I don't want it to to feel forced or or cheesy because then, you know, my goal with kind of incorporating space and science into my music is I just want it to kind of because it's a part of me, I want it to end up as a part of my music. And 
and and have that side of me and that possibility for learning just be accessible in a way that doesn't feel like totally ham-fisted. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so how did Opportunity come together? Because that's a song that explicitly incorporates the story of the, the Mars rover losing contact with Earth. And your spin on it is really cool, kind of what... I guess their perspective or its perspective would be as like, you know, reaching back out if they could. Totally. Um, So an opportunity like died um, in that dust storm the other year. I just remember like everyone was making comics and art about it. And everyone was so upset uh, because I think especially just because of the shape of rovers, because they're kind of these like little car like like Wally looking little robots that it's really easy to anthropomorphize them um, and to really kind of yeah. feel for them. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're sending them out into the universe and they don't look like kind of the cold spacecraft that, that we send in orbit around Earth or, or, you know, satellites that we're more familiar with. They're like these little creatures almost that, that really explore other planets. Um, and so I think that when it, when it died, it was really emotional for a lot of people. And I, I felt that too. And I kind of wanted to capture that from the rover's perspective um and the song I, I wrote the song like three or four different times and they all sounded completely different before i landed on this one um but i'm, I'm really happy with kind of i think i think i i captured what i wanted to capture yeah, totally what was that very emotional for you because you work in the field kind of <laughs> and it is really sad it is it is sad that we lost contact with opportunity yeah yeah, I mean, like, but, you know, it, it is also good to think about kind of, I mean, the rover was only supposed to last 90 days. It lasted over 5,000. So, I, I mean, it, you know, it certainly lived yeah. well past its expected lifetime, but it is still sad. Um, and especially because, you know, we don't have any explicitly planned crewed missions to Mars. And it's such a big planet that it's extremely unlikely that we would ever even come across the rover again on the surface and it could be covered by dust we might not ever be able to recover it even if we have civilizations living on mars it's just kind of sad to to think about it just kind of lost um kind of forever indefinitely so yeah it sucks yeah (laughs) well opportunity we love you r.i.p we do how about so your voice is really dynamic, probably the defining characteristic of your music, uh, because it's powerful, really conveys emotion really well. Uh, were you one of those people where it took you like a bit of time and experimentation for you to find your voice, or was it more of a natural process for you? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a singer. Um like, I, you know, I've always been kind of a quiet kid, at least a kid, but always been just very physically just loud. I, my voice gets really loud. Yeah, and so I, I, I started singing. <laughs> Everyone's like, why are you yelling? And it's like, well, first of all, I can't hear anything. Second of all. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I started singing just because I really loved doing it very young. Um, and, you know, I was in, you know, choirs and all of that, but that wasn't a great experience. Um, but when I started kind of experimenting more with songwriting as like a teenager and getting really into like singing in front of people I think it was just kind of a natural progression of testing things out writing songs that were outside of my range at the time and kind of 
working and stretching my voice and trying weird sounds and like I was really for a long time and still really am into the like the artist Avenger Banhart who's you know he's he's not known for being much of like a vocalist but does really interesting things with like the timbre of his voice and so I think that um yeah, it was, it was a lot of experimentation, but kind of just like a natural progression. And another song that I really like on the record, Let It Ache, beautiful song about experiencing uh, a New York winter kind of coming out on the other side with sun and spring and all that good stuff. Uh, how'd that song come together? And how do you look at that song now that we're going through like a winter that you know, you probably couldn't envision. We'll <laughs> you couldn't envision this type of indoor winter when you wrote it, probably, you know, because it's more indoors than any winter I've ever experienced, probably. Yeah. I mean, when I wrote it, I was living right on the edge of Prospect Park. So I was kind of trapped inside in the cold, but I could yeah. walk outside. I could go into the park, and now that's not yeah. really an option. Um, and so. Yeah, it's definitely taken on new meaning over time. Um, it, you know, I, I remember writing the song and it was kind of an interesting experience. And, you know, it kind of is two songs. Like the first part is just a completely different song. <laughs> um, and, and I just kind of decided I needed to have both songs in one song. Um, and I wouldn't compromise with myself. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird. It's definitely taken on new meaning with the pandemic. And it was interesting. It it took on an extra meaning for me in November. I actually spent two weeks living in a Mars simulation on the side of a volcano. And I was, it, it was completely stormy the whole time. And again, I was trapped inside. I physically, I couldn't leave the 200 foot dome. I was living in with these newly strangers to me. And it was like, it, it was, and just looking out the only window we had and it kind of took on a, a new meaning. Yes. I actually performed it in the Habitat, which was a lot of fun. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. W what was that experience like for you? Uh, and what was it like performing the song in that setting after being there? I, I guess I don't know how long you were there when you performed the song, but I imagine at that point you were probably well within the experience. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I think I, I did the performance maybe like a week into the two-week mission. Um, so I was definitely well acquainted with with uh, the experience by then. But, I mean, the experience as a whole, I don't think we have the time for it. But it was um, just unusual. It was bizarre and it was amazing. Um, and, and my crewmates who I met were really interesting people, scientists, but also musicians. There was a visual artist on the crew. Um so it was it was nice because it, it's funny. People think of, of scientists in the world of science as all these people walking around in glasses and lab coats and they're unfriendly and antisocial, etc. Um, but, you know, science and art are so intrinsically melded that all the scientists I know are really into the arts and so many artists I know are super into science and space. So uh, performing it, I think a lot of the a lot of the women on my crew very much kind of felt that. And so being able to kind of have an audience of people who are experiencing what the song's about while you're performing it uh, was really... Yeah, it sounds really, really special. Cool, really yeah. unique. Yeah. Would you, do you think you got any songs out of that experience? Are you working on some music oh, yeah. based on that? <laughs> yeah, my notes app is is full of full of nonsense from those two weeks. I have yet to um, 
really make it into anything usable yet. But yeah, there, I'm sure there's going to be something that comes yeah, to that. Totally. I can imagine that experience like that would be well translated into music for sure. So what song, if any, from the record, is there any song that's particularly special to you when you reflect on it and that maybe you feel like really in particular conveys the message you were trying to get across with these Ooh, songs? I don't know. Um, I think Let It Ache probably in in meaning probably conveys what I wanted with the record. I mean, the record as a whole, I didn't want it to have any specific, super, you know, specific meaning. Um, but uh, <laughs> I actually I asked Andrew, my bandmate, I was like, you know, what, what is this record about? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> and he was like, is there any theme that you can hear? Um, you know, earlier on many, many months ago. Um, and he said something along the lines of um, kind of hesitant optimism. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so I think that really comes through and let it ache. But I don't know, for me, just personally, uh, just because I love performing it so much, and for some reason, every time I perform it and every time I hear it, it has really the same impact for me. Love You Forever and Let It Ache, those two, um, I think, are, are extra special to me just, just in how they make me feel. Yeah, Love You Forever is definitely a really good song. That I played that song on this show a couple of weeks ago. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been played on this show. Listeners of this show, you'll be familiar with that <laughs> track. And speaking of oh, playing live, what songs are you most excited to share in the live setting once so- uh, shows return? And tell us a little bit about a Fox Ann live show for those that haven't experienced <laughs> one. Totally. Um, I mean, I'm just so excited to play all the songs live. But honestly, Love You Forever, because, you know, as you know, the end, it gets just really big and really yeah. heavy. And when I play live, I have the opportunity to basically drag that ending out and get as loud and as crazy and as emotional as I want. And it's so much fun. Um, and it's so intense, but yeah, Fox and live show. I mean, expect lots of pink. Uh, I'll show up in all pink head to toe. Feel free to do the same. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and yeah, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of dynamic, dynamic stuff going on. It's going to be a lot of intimate, sad girl songs. It's going to be a lot of scream singing. It's going to get real loud. It's going to get real quiet. It's going to, it's going to be all the things. Yeah, I got to imagine Love You Forever is a (laughs) closer. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the sound guy uh, does not appreciate it because I'm like testing the mic and it's like, it's not going to be like yeah. this. I'm going to be- <laughs> just a warning. I'm going to be backing away from Fuck the off, mic. sound guy, though. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, wh- what's next? You're working on new music already, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know. I just am always writing new music, so probably from the time I, I put the finishing touches on this record to now, I have probably an, another album's worth of songs. We'll see. I'm sure I'll narrow that down and, and get some more, too. But yeah, working on new music, um, trying to trying to get my music out there in new and different ways, you know, everyone's how everyone's doing. And yeah, I mean, I actually am in the process of, of moving across oh, the country. Wow. Technically, I'm Los Angeles right cool. now. Cool, uh, great city. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, right? So, I mean, we'll see if that sticks. I'm just I'm just here for for work right now um cuz there's stuff going on at NASA JPL, but we'll see. You know, I'm I'm hoping to to share my music with new people, write a whole bunch of new songs and just keep doing that cuz that's what I love to do and hopefully eventually maybe even performing live again yes, one day. Yes. Hopefully this year <laughs> if the vaccine right? rollout gets its shit together, right? <laughs> Yeah, when I when I went into making this record, I was like, man, I'm going to be pitching it to labels. I'm going to be touring. I'm going to be doing all- yeah. none of that. None of that. Yeah, yeah. soon, <laughs> though. Hashtag soon. Soon. Very, very soon. Soon. All yeah. right. So <laughs> we're coming to the point in the show where we're going to play some songs from this record. We've talked about all of them, so let's just dive right into it. We're going to hear Opportunity, Let It Ache, and Love You Forever, all on Foxanne's brand new album, It's Real, I Knew It, which you can get via foxanne.bandcamp.com. All I need 
You're listening to Local Fidelity on Radio Free Brooklyn. Everyone, we just heard three tracks from my guest, Foxanne's brand new album, It's Real, I Knew It. We heard Opportunity, Let It Ache, and Love You Forever. And I know you all loved those tracks, and you're going to want to grab a copy of the album, so you could do that at foxanne.bandcamp.com. Or you could stream them on your platform of choice. Now, we're going to play a couple of tracks that were handpicked by Foxanne. Three great local artists. We're going to start off talking about Tetris by Little Hag. Off of Whatever Happened to Avery Jane. A new compilation Mm -hmm. of tunes that Avery Mandeville had released previously and now she changed her name to Little Hag and she's cool she's really good so good good pick yeah she's super good and super nice yeah you played shows with Um, her before yeah and you know I grew up in in Jersey so the Asbury scene is is very near and dear to my heart so we've we've definitely done some some music stuff together and are are friendly she's she's super great super talented brings like this whole uh awesome energy to the stage I fucking yeah, love it <laughs> she's cool she's cool she's funny on Twitter too so in addition yes. to being a great yeah. musician and songwriter she's very <laughs> Look, funny, on, funny Twitter on Twitter is hard 
is an extremely valuable skill these days and it's extremely yeah. hard to do. I'm like, everything I tweet, I'm like, oh yeah. God. Just I've just given up on being <laughs> funny on Twitter. I'm just straight up direct That's the way to, to the go. point. I'm just very, very serious now on Twitter. And it's a very not nice. serious platform, but so I'm here to bring a little seriousness to it without being uptight. Appreciate though. it. Oh, totally. Um, what was I going to say? Where are you from in New Jersey? by the way. Uh, South Brunswick. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a cool town, you know, Kendall Park roller rink, you know, no, not to brag. That but. sounds fun. Did you spend a lot of time playing New Brunswick basement shows, stuff like that, in addition to playing in Asbury? Yeah, I went to Rutgers. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a Rutgers alum. So I've played, actually the first Fox Ann show ever was a, during a heat wave in a Rutgers basement and it was so hot and disgusting and sweaty and packed with people that I could not keep my hand on the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it was a total mess. And like the sound was so weird in the basement that, that like I like my act sounded much heavier than it is. <laughs> so people were like like my first show is Fox Am. People were like moshing and like punching each other in the face and like beating the shit out of each other. Um, so I started off on a high note and it's been downhill ever since, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was 20 again. That sounds like fun. <laughs> you know, that sounds yeah, right. like a good time. That's like something you can only really enjoy as a 20 year old where you can yeah, sweat. Like after 25, yeah. it's like, I'm like, I'm just not going to show up. Yeah. I'm just not. <laughs> I can't take a punch in the face in a mosh pit again in my, th- in my thirties. It's just, I can't recover from that. So but at 20, enough, though, yeah. 20, it's totally something that I would rebound in five seconds. So Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, I my the, my latest moshing experience was at a Meshuggah show, and I was not intentionally in the pit. It just happened, which is just not the way to do it. Yeah. Lost my shoes. It was a, it was a rough night. Yeah. But they played a great set. <laughs> now I'm just scared of mosh pits. I always have my arm very up very defensively, you know. Yeah. I try to stay away. But hey, little hag, we love you. And we love I you, know little hag. Little hag, I think, has a record coming out on Bar None Records soon. So we look forward yeah. to that. Which is so exciting. Like, holy cow, Bar None. Good job, Avery. Great label. Yeah. Great, great label. Next. Yeah, very cool. Gone with the Leaves <laughs> by Tula Vera, another great band off of their yeah. album that they put out last year again and again. I like these people. They're wonderful. They're very I've nice. Very cool. I've interviewed them before. They're super talented. Young band, too. Super talented for yeah. such a young group of people. So kudos to them. Great songwriters. They uh, they also made their record with the same um, person at the same studio that I did. Um so, so I, I feel extra close to them. They, they worked with uh, Doug over at AGL Studios. Doug Gallo. Um, I've heard of him because yeah. we have the same last name. So Double shout Gallo. out. Shout out to Doug Gallo. <laughs> I'd like to meet Doug's him someday. And you should. You yeah. would like him. He's a great dude. Yeah, yeah. he's a Gallo. So we have that <laughs> so, icebreaker. You know. So I guarantee you our first conversation would not be awkward because we just talked not about it. Not at all. Yeah. Hey, well, you're we already Gallo. same so. last name. So yeah, that's cool. What was it like recording with Doug Gallo? I'm sure it was awesome. It was, 
Yeah, I mean, he he was already familiar with my music, and and we'd already kind of known each other socially. Um, and he just really he immediately just like got the sound. He got what I was going for, and it was super comfortable. Um, everyone that was in the studio, uh, his, his assistant Kelly, like it was just super comfortable, super welcoming. Because um, especially like you know, depending on on the songs, like doing doing the vocals for like a really emotional song, like you want to feel good in the space that you're making that music um and I, I did it was really nice it was a really good experience yeah now that you mentioned that it is always interesting to me the process of recording really emotional vocals which you definitely do on this <laughs> record what's your preparation like for that and do you feel like you have to be in a certain mindset to really make it sound real I can kind of tap into it yeah. at a moment's notice. I don't know what that means or says about me, but <laughs> um, but I mean, up until like a, a couple months ago, I've had chronic tonsillitis for like years. So my preparation was mostly like throat coat tea, yeah. jug of water, second cup of tea, bag of cough drops. That was I was always so concerned with like the physical aspect yeah. of preparing like my voice for like shredding it for like a, yeah. you know two hours that like I, I just kind of let that part of it happen um and because I, I felt comfortable and I really I, I trusted Doug to to make to kind of shape it how how yeah. I was kind of envisioning and, and kind of producing that with him um it it, it went great yeah. yeah and it came out great too so thanks Ach- <laughs> achievement unlocked as they would say <laughs> all right so we got Tula Vera and then after that, this this record made total waves last year. Turned oh, yeah. a lot Oceanators. of heads, blew a lot of minds. The yeah. lead single from Oceanators 2020 album, Things I Never Said, a crack in the world. This is just like a cool rocking song. The, the opening riff yeah. really just like infiltrates it just you shreds yeah. it just shreds you know yeah, like totally. look up the de- definition of shred in the dictionary there you go <laughs> yeah and congrats to her this record was so well received that she got signed to polyvinyl that's like huge yeah she just kind of like totally totally blew up um, yeah so well deserved such a great record super awesome yeah all right so we're gonna play this awesome curated playlist of (laughs) New York City and New Jersey music curated by my guest Foxanne we're gonna hear Tetris by Little Hag Gone with the Leaves by Tula Vera and A Crack in the World by Oceanator and then we will be back to wrap up this hour of Local Fidelity I think we got ourselves the Tetris video. Just uh... Can I see? Yeah, wait, wait.
But I need you talk to the trees Every day. 
You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, community radio broadcast from the Bushwick section of Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially. And every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. So please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And if you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android. Available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. And hey everyone, if you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash new york city. And now back to local fidelity. All right, we're back. We just heard the awesome curated playlist of local tunes from my guest Fox Ann. Again, everyone, if you're keeping track at home, we heard Tetris by Little Hag, Gone with the Leaves by Tulavera, and A Crack in the World by Oceanator. Fox Ann, thank you so, so much for appearing on Local Fidelity today. It was so much fun chatting with you about your awesome new record. Everyone, it's out now. It's real. I know it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having My me. My pleasure. I felt like that flowed really well. The record is real. I know it's real because I've listened to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the name is... a. Uh... <laughs> Tell us about the name. Like, don't tell people this. It's embarrassing. So, so it's I, it's real parentheses. I knew it. Um, and it's a it's a Galaxy Quest. Oh, quote. nice. Um, so it's it's my favorite movie of all time. Um, and it's a total you know it's a it's a goofy movie, but it it really kind of it, you know encapsulates the beauty of just being super earnest and super like embarrassingly earnest. Um, and and that quote is from a part of the movie where. You know, Tim Allen, which Tim Allen's character, we don't need to care or talk about Tim Allen himself. Because um, he's a dick. <laughs> Tim Allen's kid. Yeah, he's the fucking worst, which sucks. Ugh, like, just like, just be yeah. home improvement and go be home. Be Tim Taylor, um, please. <laughs> but, um, but he, he reveals to Justin Long's character that the whole, the whole thing is real, that, that, this whole space sci-fi world that he's obsessed with is real the whole time. And, and he's like, I knew it. And it's just this really earnest, gratifying moment. Um, and I, I wanted to, to kind of, 
put that in there somehow. I thought it'd be sweet. Hell yeah, I'm glad you did. And we're going to play one more song from the record. Applause, everyone. Get it on Bandcamp, foxand.bandcamp.com or on all streaming platforms as well. Thank you so much again. Thanks for having me. It's been super fun. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You've been listening to Local Fidelity on Radio Free Brooklyn. Wait.